What's good, Bucket Busters? This is your host, Ro Zapanta, and this is my co-host, the glorious, the notorious, Tim Johnson, Rip City! And this is the Busted Bucket Podcast, locally grown here in Portland, Oregon, the city of roses, the city of bridges, Stumptown PDX. We are a show with no rules, just a couple of friends who so happen to love Portland basketball. Tim Johnson, how you living, my friend? Doing good, doing good. Dude, I am doing good too because we just won over the Kings 132, 126. And man, it really felt like a battle there for a minute. But once again, Portland comes out on top. Tim Johnson, what did you think of the game? You know, <clears throat> I liked it, right? You can't not like it. It's a win. Uh, I couldn't help but think that. It was kind of a hollow win, right? Like, these are this right. is a team that we probably should have beat handedly. <laughs> but for some reason, you know, the beginning of the game, the first half, we it didn't seem like uh, we wanted to play any defense. But, you know, they, they pulled it out. Uh, they made some adjustments. And, and you know, I, you can't help but like the outcome. Yeah, I'm going to totally agree with you. I think walking away from this game what we could take from it is that we won like a win is a win sometimes you don't really get up for these games maybe because you feel like you should be winning them anyway and a team like like the kings are talented enough to kind of sneak up on you hit you kind of hard and they came out really hot they came out super hot i mean i'm looking at the stats here and they shot 50 percent from three-point line 50 percent that's a really good clip. I mean, you know, we responded with 48%, um, but it was very, very surprising yeah, to you see know us kind of get hit a little bit. Right, but you know, as you watch the game, it was apparent that they were hitting at a high clip from beyond the arc because the Blazers' perimeter defense was absent. It wasn't there. Yeah. And, and you know, it's... It's hard to criticize Dame and CJ just because they're such great players offensively. I think that the biggest issue with this team, especially, and it was so apparent in the first half, is their their perimeter defense. It's, you know, in previous pods, I said, you know, it was league average at best. Well, tonight, I, I, I don't think I could say that tonight. I mean, it was definitely a subpar performance defensively from them uh, on the perimeter. Uh, But, you know, the rest of the team picked it up in the second half. You know, even even they picked it up in the second half. Um, You know, I just I I just wish that maybe they they could figure out, you know, how to how to at least stay in front of the open man. You know what I mean? Like like maybe maybe they're maybe they're rotating a little too much. I don't know. I'm not. I'd have to watch the game again, but I'm not sure what went on exactly. Um, I don't think the entire game was um, a wash defensively. I really think it was kind of a tale oh, no, of... no, no. By no means. I think it was a tale of, like, different teams almost, you know? We, once again, it was another game where you find yourselves with a Portland Trailblazers team that's kind of like Jekyll and Hyde. You don't know if you're going to get great defense or mm-hmm. if you don't know... You're no, you don't know if you're going to get, like, really lousy defense. Um, 
I'm just going to sort of summarize right. uh, the point totals for Sacramento per quarter. So in the first quarter, they scored. They came out hot. Mm-hmm. They came out with 43 points. The second quarter, only 25. The third quarter, 37 well, points. And, uh, but before you... Go ahead. Well, and I was going to say, I was going to try and catch you before you moved on from the first quarter, but um, I, I even sent you a, a text during the game. As soon as the first quarter ended, I said, you know, it's kind of hard to call yourself a, a defensive team, you know, even a, a better defensive team uh, when you're giving up 43 points in a quarter. In the first quarter. In the first quarter. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. Like, completely I mean, awful. Like, you don't, you don't want... Yeah, I mean, you remember? Do you remember back in the day when like thirty points was amazing? Yeah, in a in in, the, in a quarter, <laughs> like forty three points. Are I you think kidding? Our, I think our like, guess, are you even trying to play defense? <laughs> I think our guest JJ said a couple pods ago that I think every team tries to aspire to hold teams to under thirty points a quarter. That's what the good defensive teams do. And I mean, just going through the quarters here, forty three points. 25 points, 37 points, and then 21 points for that fourth quarter. And that's for Sacramento kind of in order per quarter. Um, And Mm -hmm. the good thing that we have to take from this is that, you know, we got kind of punched in the mouth at the beginning of each half, but we closed the game or closed each half very strong. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. This team has to get up for a team like Sacramento. I mean, it really feels like this should have been another team where Damian Lillard should get rest in the fourth quarter, but it wasn't. Yeah, definitely. And, and uh, you know, I couldn't help but, as I'm watching the game, think about, you know, Nurk. I'm looking at his play in the, in the first half, and I'm thinking, okay, here we go again. Um, we're not going to see much of him tonight. Obviously, he turned that around in the fourth quarter. I mean, the guy was an animal. Uh, finally, the Nurk of old, right? Yeah. Um, but one thing I noticed was, I, I don't know if you saw it, but in the first half, when he was on the sideline, he had like a, a torso wrap. I, so I, it makes me wonder if he's battling some sort of injury. He must be. I mean, he must be battling some injury, but even through the injury, I think we had a really gutsy performance by, by Nurk. He had 18 points and 12 Definitely. rebounds. That is something... That is great production. If I could get that every game from Nurkic, I think um, the the Blazers are going to be hard to stop. I mean, you've said it before. If Nurk is going, the whole team is going. Um, that's what Damon and CJ have been uh, preaching every single time they talk about Nurk. And speaking of Dame, yep. Dame scored 40 points yeah. tonight and 13 assists. Tim, tell me what you think of Dame. Well, I mean, Dame is the face of the franchise. Dame is catching fire. He's ready to start putting the team back on his shoulders, saying, thank you, CJ. Thanks for for taking over for me and giving me a little break. But it's my turn now. This is my team. Let's go. That being said, CJ said, all right, you can have it, but I'm going to get mine too. That guy, what that guy, he ended up with uh, 28 points and 10 assists. Come on, man. Seven. And eight rebounds. Is it eight rebounds? My boss scores is seven, but yeah, I mean he's he was flirting with a triple double. The guy is gonna be an all star this season. If if he doesn't make the all star team, I'll be surprised. Uh, but you know yeah, another I mean, takeaway. I'll be surprised too. I, I got I got I actually got two more takeaways from this game. So um, 
I, I wanted to ask you with Nurk's resurgence this game do you think that having Cantor on the team has anything to do with that because in my mind the best thing to happen to Nurk is to see Cantor coming in and playing meaningful minutes and, and, and productive minutes and maybe maybe that's kind of driving him to maybe uh, I don't know feeling like he might have to fight for his starting role you know every single NBA player unless your name is Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant what they're going to say is that they don't hear any of the noise they don't hear it they don't hear it they don't mm-hmm. hear it 100% we all know that everyone is human <laughs> and I bet you Nurkic has been hearing every single bit of noise that has been coming out of Portland and he's saying you know what I am the starting center I'm getting my feet under me still I'm coming back from injury I have other things on my mind things are happening in my hometown that I'm thinking about too life happens and today he proved that he could set all that aside and he could come back the way that he's supposed to come back and be really productive and say you know what Cantor you're pretty good but I'm the Bosnian beast and there's only one beast in the in the PDX. Yes, sir. Um, and I just I I just think that the best thing to happen to Nurk is Cantor being on the team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it might be the best thing for Nurk, um, mm-hmm. but I mean, it, it's sort of just the best thing for Portland in general because you have two centers. Um, one is uh, is better defensively, but two centers that play very similar styles so it's almost like when either one of them is in the game the the gameplay doesn't change you know everyone's still very comfortable those mm-hmm. two players they switch seamlessly yeah definitely uh you know i think i think with canter you lose a little bit of that um defensive presence but at the same time you gain uh you know uh you, you have a better rebounder when canter's in in the game um but then you know nurk as long as Nurk plays like he did in the fourth quarter, I mean, you you definitely lose a little bit in every category. But you know, from what we've seen throughout, you know, the the, the early part of this season, <clears throat> it seems like you gain a little more offense with Nurk, uh, or uh, excuse me, you you gain a little offense with Cantor, you gain a little defense with Nurk. Um, but you know, for the most part, it's basically like having the same person on the court. Uh, but mo- moving on from Nurk, I want to say my next takeaway is Gary Trent is a is a difference maker. That man needs to get all the minutes available because he makes a difference every time he's on the court. This man ended up yeah. This man ended up with 16 points. Uh, I, I think he had a steal too, right? Was it one or two steals? Two steals. Um, you know, he's plus 12 in the plus and minus. I mean, this this kid, you're talking about Nurk making the team go. I think Trent does the same thing, especially with that second unit. What are your thoughts on it? I think the thing about Gary Trent Jr. is that, you know, his, de- his defensive presence and also just his overall tenacity is very infectious. I think whatever squad or whatever lineup is in, he automatically improves it. And he improves it in a way that isn't really stat-worthy. But if you want to go into stats and talk about his productivity, I mean, you mentioned it already. 
the plus minus. He's a plus 12. Mm-hmm. And also, if you want to talk about his scoring ability, I mean, he was three uh, or he was four of five from the three point line tonight. He was shooting 80%. And mm-hmm. also with field goals, he was six of eight. So that's 75%. So right. this guy is shooting at a high clip. And if he is on, there is no stopping this team. If Gary Trent is shooting well, if Damian Lillard is shooting 40 points, if CJ is still in his bag as always, um, I, I, mm-hmm. I mean, as can always, just, as the can season. Can I just stop you there with CJ? Yeah. yeah. C- Am I the only one that was completely caught off guard and incredibly impressed at his dimes tonight? They were great dimes. I mean, it, it was almost like he heard us talking about these hardened trade talks and the biggest criticism was his playmaking ability uh-huh. and he one upped it mm-hmm. he absolutely took his playmaking ability to the next level today you know I, I couldn't help but think that you know CJ has definitely hit another gear this season and my personal belief is that right now I, first of all, I don't see him slowing down. Yeah. I mean, barring any injury or anything, I don't see him slowing down. And in my mind, that puts him, if not on par, but dang close to Dame Lillard level. And, you know, you brought up Harden. If you're gonna, if we're going to sit here and say that, that we have two all-stars on the team and they're both playing at around the same level... I think we dodged a bullet not going after Harden is all I'm saying. Dodged a bullet. I mean, that. hey, man. Good luck to the Nets, but it sounds like they inherited a mess. It does sound like they inherited a mess. Um, I know I'm, I'm kind of skipping ahead a bit, but we might as well. No, I mean, I mean, I, I just want to conclude sort of the, the Kings part of this which is the thing that still worries me even though Dame Gary Trent Jr. Nurkic and CJ McCollum played well when they're playing well we should never lose and we should never have a game this close right and I think what it boils down to is that this team the part that we're trying to watch isn't necessarily the offensive performances but the defense's performances, and that's what we need to see to step up. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that when push came to shove, um, that the Blazers were able to lock them down. Definitely. Especially in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to agree but, that, that the offense is not the Blazers' issue. It's it's 100% the yes. defense. And, you know, I want to say we're past that adjustment period because we've seen some, some good defensive performances across the board, but only... For certain quarters and i i think maybe maybe they're still just finding their legs you know it gives me hope that they can do it yes that's that's the that's the big table takeaway is that they can do it and they just need some sort of consistency and what you're hoping is that when the playoffs come they have another gear that they could go to mm-hmm. and you're hoping that they could just just turn it on when the playoffs happen and with that being said Hold on. We I, are going to move on. Go I ahead. say one more thing um, you guys might have overlooked is that Lillard had zero turnovers. I Thank think um, you. one of the announcers said that he is the very first player 
in NBA history to score 40 points and commit zero turnovers. Add it, that is a great nugget. Add it to the list of accolades, right? <laughs> add it to the list of <laughs> accolades. RJ, the producer, coming in with the heat right there. Thanks for that, RJ. Thank you, my friend. That is a great nugget. 40 points, zero turnovers. How did we miss that? I don't know, man. I mean, I was looking at other things personally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was a very almost sneaky thing that Lillard did because I didn't even notice. I mean, the guy usually plays at a high level. Mm-hmm. You don't really see a lot of turnovers by him, or at least I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, that is just a great stat. I'm I'm kind of in shock. Did you say the... RJ, did you say... The first in NBA history? If I heard correctly, yes. My we'll goodness. We'll have to fact check that, that's but that's crazy. insane. We'll have to fact check that, but I mean, if that holds up, that is freaking crazy. 40 points, zero turnovers. And with and you that, get a raise, let's RJ. talk about someone. <laughs> you get a raise, man. You get a raise. And with that, I'm going to move on to the James Harden saga. Someone who usually scores over 40 points, but usually has like 10 turnovers. I'm going to talk about how earlier this season, he was not showing up to camp. He was going out to gentlemen's clubs. There were reports of him being overweight, not engaged, and he was just vying for a trade. He was asking for a trade. Mm -hmm. And yesterday, after the Rockets fell to the Lakers, James Harden had this to say. RJ has a video for us, which he's going to play now not good enough um you know we just we don't we don't uh, obviously chemistry talent wise just everything and it was clear um like i said these last few games um and just you know, from, the, from the beginning of the game they were just aggressive uh vet, veteran team obviously uh championship team and um you know one of the best teams that we have in this league um you know i love this city um i literally you know have done everything that i can um, you know, I mean, this situation is, is, is crazy. You know, it's something that uh, I don't think can be fixed. So, um, yeah, thanks. So to summarize, he said, we're, we're just not good enough. He said, I love this city. I literally have done everything that I can. The situation is crazy. I don't think it could be fixed. Tim Johnson. What do you think of that statement by James Harden? I mean, that's that's someone that's just given up, right? I mean, look, we've all been in situations that we don't want to be in, and we kind of we kind of lose our interest level, which means we, you know, we, we tend to stop caring, and it seems like that's kind of where he, he he's he was at when he made those statements. I mean. Yeah, he's doing what he's what he needs to do to get out. I mean, I I can't. It sucks for for Houston fans. I mean, no nobody yeah. wants to hear their their franchise player saying something like that. Like if like if Dame were to go on uh, national television and say something like that, dude, we would be crushed. Oh yeah, absolutely crushed. The thing is that the part that bothers me is that he says. He says this thing about chemistry. Mm-hmm. We don't have chemistry. 
Well, what what's going to happen when you don't show up to camp and you're right. at gentlemen's club and you're right. overweight? The thing is, you're not you're not then being you say, a leader and you're not you're not trying to improve the situation exactly. And that's and that no one's no one's gonna have chemistry right. with you if you're and, like and that. And that's why Nobody. I'm I'm saying like he's just given up. He's he's done. I, whatever happened behind the scenes, like it can't be just the fact that he doesn't think that they're not good enough. You know what I mean? Like. I think there's there's something else involved that just makes him want out. Maybe he just wanted to link up with KD before, you know, one one or one or the other retired. <laughs> Who knows? You know, probably. I mean, he did refuse a two year extension worth fifty million dollars every or each year mm-hmm. um, before this season. And it's so stupid that you're saying like talent wise. I mean, you got John Wall, man. Yeah. They're literally this franchise has done everything for Harden, and it just sucks that it's boiling down to this, where he makes this statement mm-hmm. and basically forces himself a trade. So today, Woj dropped a bomb stating that Harden would not rejoin the team and will wait for a trade to be finalized. And then this happens—a blockbuster trade. Harden gets traded to the Nets. The Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, with KD and Kyrie. They did not give either of those players up the nets get james harden the rockets get oladipo exum crook i can't even pronounce that guys thank you crooks three brooklyn first rounders one milwaukee first rounder four brooklyn first round swaps i mean the rockets got a lot pacers get karis levert a second rounder Cavs get Jarrett allen and tarian prince torian prince Torian Prince. The Cavs get Jared <laughs> Allen and Torian Prince. Tim Johnson. Yeah. Do you feel like this was a good trade for the Rockets? I mean, we'll start there. Uh, all right. If we're going to start anywhere, I, I guess that's a good place to start. And I'm going to say yes. Uh, you know, Ol- Oladipo's not. Not anywhere near the talent of James Harden, but he's also not anywhere near the cancer that James Harden has become for that franchise. Uh, the Rockets get a lot of young talent, man. I mean, they got three first, what, four, four first rounders, four first round swaps. They've got Oladipo, who hasn't been quite the same since com- returning from from his injury, but you know. We'll see what happens. Exum is, is good. Crooks seems like he's going to be good. I mean, they're young, which is good. Um, you know, I, I think it's something that the Rockets can start to rebuild with for sure. I mean, they and they still have I think- they still have John Wall. So, you know, Wall's going to create for him. I don't think this was a bad a bad move by, by Rockets. In fact, I think it was a very good move for them. I think it was a good group, a good move for the Rockets too. I mean, you you weren't really gonna get much for James Harden after that statement anyway, and the fact that they came out with a lot of capital is very important because they could still make moves. Mm-hmm. They have moves to be made mm-hmm. with the haul that they got. Right. So they didn't really put themselves in a box. I think it was very smart of the Rockets to try to get rid of James Harden as soon as possible mm-hmm. and get back at least an all-star caliber player like Oladipo. We know what he could mm-hmm. do. We know he's a great defender. He might be very good next to John Wall, who has been playing next to Bradley Beal for a very long time, and we've seen what they've been able to do in the mm-hmm. East. Now, for the Brooklyn Nets, this is the hot one. <laughs> do you think this was a good trade 
for the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, let's be honest. It's going to go one of two ways. It's either going to be this trade leading them to a title or it's going to be a complete dumpster fire. You know, you've already got um, uh, Kyrie causing problems over there, which we don't even have the time to get into on this episode. My goodness. Um, No. No. You know, you've got Harden coming in who's a, a great talent but has proven that if he doesn't get his way, he can cause trouble for your franchise. Now, you still have KD who is... I mean, he's a bit of a diva himself in in ways, but for the most part, you know, he makes things work. And he is going to be in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, I... I it's one or two ways, you know. I, I think they have they have question marks around uh, their center. Uh, who is it? De- DeAndre Jordan, and that's it. Um, that's it. You know what happens when something happens to old man Jordan, right? Um, I think they have three roster spots that they could still fill. And well, and and I think they're gonna need to. Um, I I think they're gonna need to throw in it's at least just some big bodies. To, to stem the, the tide when when Jordan can't play. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I think it's it's going to be an interesting watch. It's it's kind of like the circus show over there right now. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'll be real interested to see what happens. I think the ceiling, the ceiling for the Nets is very, very high. Yes. And what I'm going to reference here is... The big three that we all remember in the Celtics or for the Celtics, um, very similar to that where every single player occupies a different space on the floor and the chemistry can work. I think that I think that Steve Nash is going to have his hand full with the different personalities that are coming oh, in definitely. there and and the the me first mentality that a lot of these players have. I mean, Harden, when he dribbles the ball, he dribbles it until there's like eight seconds left on the <laughs> shot clock and then he passes. Kyrie Irving, he will dribble the ball for exactly that amount of time before he passes the ball. Yeah. The only one that is capable of actually playing team basketball, I think, is Kevin Durant. And he might be stuck in the middle like, hey, where's my shine again? Because I'm playing with two two Russell Westbrooks yeah. over here. I, I agree that 100% with you. That is the disaster that might happen. Well, and, 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 and let's pause there. Like, it's not just it might. Like, there's a very high probability that it will happen. There's a high probability. <laughs> and what I was going to conclude with is, you know what? I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I freaking love I'm here for it, man. I'm here for it. I want to see something go down it's either gonna be beautiful basketball or it's gonna be like the biggest headache in the world where they're after each other and i can't like so many burner accounts are gonna be Dude, made it's gonna be like an nba soap opera it's gonna be home. amazing it's gonna be absolutely amazing and i am absolutely here for it yes here for it i love it this is the this is the exact kind of team that i need right now i need just all drama <laughs> yeah well, I mean, we get enough drama from the Blazers, let's be honest. But it's a different kind of drama. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a different it's kind a different of drama. It's a different kind of drama because Portland doesn't like Harden. Sorry. Portland doesn't really like KD. Mm-hmm. Portland is kind of 
you know, lukewarm on Kyrie. Yeah. So for the most part, I think it's going to be great basketball slash entertainment. I mean, it's it's it feels like it has the potential to look like the Harlem Globetrotters or the Washington Generals. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's the way I see it. It's gonna be it's gonna the be a fun watch either way. The globe trotters. <laughs> my goodness, I think you're absolutely right. And with that, my friend, we are gonna get to our next segment, and of course, that is giving props. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in their respective sports. For example, tonight's DFS featured CJ McCollum's combined points and assists total at 29.5. If you picked the over, it was worth 100 points. If you picked the under, it was worth 100 points as well. Thrive Fantasy also had Giannis Attentacumpo's point total at 25.5 points. If you picked the over, it was worth 95 points. If you picked the under, it was 105 points. It's a fun and easy way to get into fantasy. Remember to use promo code BUSTED when you sign up today, and you'll receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store, or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Yes, prop up today, and with that, I'm going to give our definition of giving props, and that is to give applause or kudos to a certain story, person, or situation. And Tim Johnson, I want to know if you give this props. Okay. A Tennessee restaurant broke a Guinness World Record by assembling a 1,120-pound dish of Spam Musubi, which is a sushi-like dish involving rice Spam layers wrapped with seaweed. I'm very familiar. And here is a picture of it here on this big tapestry and it is just absolutely ginormous. Good lord. Absolutely enormous. So Tim Johnson, I want to know, do you give this Tennessee restaurant props for building a 1,120 pound dish of Spam Masubi? That's insane. Uh, first of all, I want to say that I'm a big fan of Musubi. Oh yeah. The only thing is I like to dip mine in soy sauce. I like it. I dig it. So how do you dip this thing? You know what I'm saying? That's true. And I also feel like part of part of the novelty of having the spam musubi is the fact that it's handheld. So the fact that this is not handheld, I don't know if I can give it props. <laughs> but I'm going to anyway I I because that is awesome. Either. Congratulations to them for setting the world record. That is amazing. Yes. <laughs> Props all the way. Did they end up wrapping this in saran wrap? Like, I think they did. Dude, that, I think I, you're just showing us that they are. Hang on. How much? All right. I got to give that props. But at the same I time, though, like, that, that ratio looks completely off. The ratio does look off, but I am giving it props because they are doing it to the last thing, which is the saran wrap at the end, which every <laughs> Spam Musubi needs to be in. So is that a Boy Scout me. Are the Boy Scouts helping there? I don't... Was this maybe? like... I wonder if this was for like I some, think so. some sort of charity or something. If that's the case, I'll give them two props. 
So with that said, we are both giving this props. Good job. Our next topic is a video that has resurfaced of Floyd Mayweather fighting Marcos Madonna. To some, this video has been very revealing and kind of surprising. RJ, play the video. So you see here he's being bit and the sound that you are hearing is Floyd Mayweather himself. So the question is, do you give Floyd Mayweather props for what? For screaming that he is being bit during a fight. I'm crying, man. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i don't know <laughs> that's just a great sound clip like who do we have to pay to use this <laughs> oh that's amazing i just don't know you know floyd mayweather i mean you're an undefeated champ man yeah <laughs> like and you got that high-pitched sound coming out of you I mean, like you're you're a dog that got like his paw stepped on. <laughs> like, like, for real I mean, dog. that was like a yell ball, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, that definitely doesn't scream world champ to me. <laughs> it doesn't to me either. But, it does not to but, me either. I can't give it props. I, I can't. No props for you. Okay, I'm gonna give it props, no props. just for its pure entertainment value. <laughs> 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 All right, so we are split on the props for that one. So the last one. The Ball Brothers, LaMelo and Lonzo, had their first NBA face-off the other night. LaMelo ended the night with 12 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. Lonzo only finished with 5 points, 3 assists, and 2 rebounds as the Pelicans lost to the Hornets. Do you give props to the Ball Brothers for their performances against each other in their first NBA matchup? Well, you know Lonzo's going to, next game out, is going to go get his. Uh, he should. Yeah, man. I mean, I think, you know, think what you will about the Ball family. Uh, you know, when, when Lonzo came in, I, I, I'll i be the first to admit that I was skeptical. Just because of the scene that, that um, you know, their, their dad made. But, you know, I, I got to give it props because, you know, these guys, they're, they're two brothers battling against each other in the biggest stage you know big one of the biggest sports stages in america in the world uh and especially for for lamello to come out and flirt with a triple double against his older brother who probably put him in a place quite a few times growing up uh yeah man i mean i i gotta give lamello props for that um yeah i give it props I think that's cool, man. You know, when I first thought of this question, I was thinking about, you know, my brother from another mother, <laughs> the glorious, the notorious Tim Johnson. Uh -huh. And if I had the opportunity to play in the NBA against a brother like that, I think, you know, with all the LeVar stuff aside, 
I think that's pretty special. Yeah. I think that's very special. 100%. And I think it was a great moment for the NBA and a great moment for the Ball family. Mm-hmm. Except this. You're the older brother, Lonzo. <laughs> Come on, man. That's true. That's Like, what... real? Five points? Your brother scored 12. That's true. Two rebounds? Your brother got 10. Yep. That's... <laughs> like, That's exactly... That's... He, he, got, he got everything more than you. Yep. Come on, now. Yep, that's exactly why you would never win against me. And never have. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to the court right now, brother. You got it. (laughs) All right, we're gonna like break something, dog. We're we're going to the court. We'll see you guys on the next pod. (laughs) (laughs) And with that. You know, special shout out again to RJ, the producer, giving us video, giving us sound, and just help tying everything together. RJ, thank you very much, my friend. Yes, thank you, RJ. Always a pleasure. And um, I also want to mention that um, Lillard had 13 assists. So that makes it the record. 40 points, 13 assists, and zero turnovers. Nice. Dang, that's some good research right there. Wow. That's the record. That's the record. And you know, congrats to Dame Lillard. And you know, our last thank you, of course, it always goes to the fans out there. The fans that, you know, we we've come we've come up with a special moniker for you guys. Tim, can you let them know what the moniker is? The Bucket Busters. The Bucket Busters, the bucket busters, (laughs) and you know, bucket busters, thank you very much for giving us fan engagement, hitting us, um, hitting us up on Twitter all the time, answering to our polls. I mean, you guys just make it so easy for us to do this pod. Thank you very much. Yes, and before we go, I just want to say, stay tuned, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on, uh, we got a Facebook page. It's a Busted Bucket podcast. Uh, Twitter handle is at Busted Bucket. Um, make sure you follow us because we are going to be posting a giveaway soon. Keep your eyes open. It's coming. We promise. And with that, stay tuned for the giveaway. Tim, what do you got to say? Well, that's it for this episode. Don't forget to rate, follow, and subscribe if you're digging what we're saying. Remember to stay safe out there, Rip City. We'll catch you next time on the Busted Bucket Podcast. Thanks for listening.